Hey guys, thanks for listening. This is Heroes Home Base Podcast. And you are listening to episode 38. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Rich. This is Mark. This is Rob. Welcome into another episode. I tell you, fellas, it's been like two months, and my computer's finally working again. Oh, <laughs> Rob's back on the computer. Update: Rob got his computer back. I'll tell you what. I almost almost fell for the uh, oh, what is it? The I need new stuff bug. Oh yeah, like looking and looking, and you know, should I get you know a Galaxy something via Verizon? And Becky's like, I'm not interested in that. Let's get your computer fixed. Sure enough, like two hundred some dollars for labor and a brand new SSD hard drive, and my computer has never run this fast ever. Nice. I don't think I've ever owned a computer. I heard Max are like that, but I seriously power this thing on and it is ready to go in like eight seconds flat. Like, wow. So webcams finally working. Mike's working. Rich isn't yelling at me on mute because every subtle sound is picked up on my phone. And, you know, hey, it makes editing challenging. He's, okay. He still loves me. So no new tech, but it sure feels like a new computer heck yeah so all right sometimes so, it's the little things right indeed indeed i would agree so wandavision what do you guys think this is the fourth episode this past week and it was excellent 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 i loved it i mean i could you know never in my wildest dreams that i would think that marvel would come up with these half hour shows like this and it's just incredible so well written so well acted the actors are so articulate and it's just incredible they're doing such a great job and i just had no idea i would ever see the scarlet witch and vision and monica rambeau on the on the screen television screen like this it's just uh, every week i can't wait till friday i'm not kidding you i tell you what because like after our last episode we talked about the first two and we had a lot of a lot of questions and i'm like man are they going to be able to do this in nine episodes are they going to are they going to step on the gas or is it going to be quick and man they're utilizing every possible minute granted we could do without the 10 minutes of credits at the end but and more show but it is awesome like you can tell they're going they're not they're not wasting any time they're getting the story out there it's developing really really fast and to see that 50s sitcom to and now with the fourth episode talking about how they're going through you know decades so 50s 60s episode three was more like the brady bunch 70s vibe yeah, yeah. and now like this fourth episode was straight up modern day and kind of backtracking on the first three episodes but monica rambo man she's a she's a bombshell man she is hot <laughs> She is a beautiful actress and she's excellent too. I just, I love her as Monica Rambeau. I had no idea. You know, I'm a huge photon. You know, she's the first female Captain Marvel in the comics, but I had no idea that she would ever make it to the big screen and, or make it to any screen. And it's it's incredible to see them bring her to life. And she's such a brilliant actress. She's excellent. Her name is well, Tanya I mean, I remember when we were talking about uh, really, really early on in this podcast, talking about your, uh, Captain Marvel, we were going back and forth and you said it was Monica Rambeau. And I'm just like, why didn't they go that way in the movies? Instead, we get the Debbie Downer, Brie Larson 
snooze fest that is Captain Marvel, in my opinion. I would have watched the shit out of some Monica Rambo Captain Marvel. <laughs> and she has an interesting story. You know, she her first appearance was, I believe, was uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 16, I think. So she has a pretty interesting story. She was a leader for she was the first black female leader of the Avengers. She was a leader of the Avengers for a long time. I mean, I, she, I well, think like she even just story. even just uh, the backstory that the very little backstory we got from her in, in episode four, where she's Captain Rambo, like works at sword. And you got to see the little bit of the, the sword information that we were kind of asking on the last episode that you filled in really, really quickly. But, you know, I, I'm digging it, man. Like, I'm going to be it's going to be another show that I'm going to be upset that it's over when it's over. I know. I love the idea of sword. I love them. I like that. Yeah, I like that. So So, it's kind of cool to see this progression in their phases and stuff. Go ahead, Rob. Sorry. So I will admit, I did actually sit down and watch the first two episodes after we talked last time. So I'm still (laughs) two episodes behind now. But I did actually go back and watch all of phase one. Um, Some stuff I remember and some stuff I did not. I actually, I remember hating Iron Man 2 and actually it was not that bad. I loved Iron Man 2. Everybody says that they didn't like it. I loved Iron Man 2. It wasn't bad. It was not bad. And actually, I remember saying I hated Captain America because I was just too distracted by his body being so Tron like i guess um but it was not that bad so mark i'm trying to give you know this marvel phase stuff another try so i uh fell asleep uh starting phase two so iron man three um i did fall asleep so i'm gonna try to you know take advantage of my disney plus subscription and try to watch catch up on all the marvel movies and please do at least give him an honest shake but i'm I I was pleased with what I was seeing regarding WandaVision, although I still I like obviously I'm not really caught up, so I feel like I'm still missing something, but I think that's part of the allure right now anyway, am I right? Yeah. But I mean by episode four, man, you got a lot of information, a lot of answered questions from our last episode where you know we we're like, Who's this? What is that? And it it's they don't waste any time. So and it like I we sat down Friday, late Friday to watch it. And I fell asleep probably 15 minutes in. And I, I was, I knew we were getting on here and we we're going to do the show tonight. So I went back and, and watched what I lost. I was talking to Mark earlier. He's like, you just watch from the beginning again. So I did that and spoiler alert for you, but not for other people that are caught up. I loved that Darcy from Thor is in it. Yeah. And you kind of get the vibe that I mean, I don't know her whole backstory and stuff like that, but I like that um, like in the Thor movies, she was kind of just, oh, I'm just this nerdy intern just trying to get some. She was like hilarious, though. Yeah, but like you could tell she wasn't really like super invested in what Jane Foster was into. But now I think with what has all transpired on earth in this reality. Like she's now a doctor and she's into all the physics and astrophysics and all the other things. So you could see that it had a profound effect on her. So she went basically, I would assume back to school and got her doctorate and all this stuff. And she's the one who ultimately starts figuring stuff out, which I thought was pretty cool. So I like the uh, introduction of MCU characters that, kind of obscure to now big time parts in these smaller i guess areas i mean when what was that agent carter was on abc wasn't 
uh, Agent Coulson in that show? No, uh, Agent Carter took place in the era of Captain America, like 1940s. Okay, then I'll just it was it was Agents of <laughs> it was it was Agents of Shield that where Coulson was in. That's right. Okay, so I, I kind of like how again, like I really hope that they find a way to throw in the Netflix shows into this MCU universe and kind of tie a whole bunch of things together. Cause I like that. I don't know. I, I plug and play with different characters from movies and then play, play a part in the shows and stuff like that. I think it's cool. It just makes that, that cohesive thing, you know? Right. So Rob definitely need to get caught up. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait for episode five. It's just, the show is progressing really, really well. And it's just so well thought out and well-planned and so awesome. I can't believe it. So up next after that, I believe in March, we're going to get uh, Falcon and the winter soldier. So I can't wait for that. Is that going to be another half hour, nine episode thing? I believe so. Okay. I think, I don't know. Is this Marvel's attempt to maybe gain some ground on DC's, I guess, more well-established tv presence yeah because dc was always better with the shows and marvel was always better with the movies but now that seems to marvel's really got their stuff together with the shows yeah and i think i guess marvel had some success with the streaming services more so than dc did right i mean the netflix stuff was really really well done well i had uh i came across something interesting that uh, I wanted to run by you fellas, um, something that came up in my professional circles. Um, you know, I always get professional emails and um, sometimes my social media feed is, you know, got some clickbait on it and um, something came up that was quite interesting. So one of the um, topics that I teach at work a lot is grief. Okay. Uh, so kind of grief, death and dying and, you know, how do we manage that? And a brand new book just got published. Um, and this is actually a clinical book, which is kind of cool. Um, Superhero Grief, the transformate, wait, the transformative power of loss. So that is edited by um, a Jill Harrington and a Robert Nehemiah. And essentially they, I think this just got published in December and they're taking modern superhero narratives and looking at those to teach some of the principles of grief theories and concepts and provide practical ideas for promoting healing. Wow. And it's called superhero, what's it called again? Superhero grief. Superhero grief. Uh, the transformative power of loss. Um, so just to give you kind of a little sneak peek here. So, I mean, it's like I said, it's actually a clinical book. So trying to help people come up with like, you know, clinical strategies to help people with that. Um, but obviously it talks about Superman, talks about Batman. So let me just give you a, a couple of the highlights here. I won't read this whole thing, but obviously we know um, there is a huge influence of Jewish creators, you know, at the foundation of a lot of our comic book history. Yep. So like it starts off with like historical backgrounds, grief, loss, and the creation of superheroes. So the rippling effects of the Holocaust, the Jewish influence on the development of superheroes. Um, then came Superman parallels with the Man of Steel and his creators. We've got understanding superhero grief through postmodern grief theory. So we've got, um, let's see, transformation in the field of grief and bereavement from Clark Kent and beyond. Kubler-Ross, who was the famed creator of like the stages of grief. Okay. And then we've got, just to give you some snippets of some other things. 
um, continuing bonds across universes, superheroes, and enduring connections, understanding grieving styles, Batman on the couch, uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman, and the attachment informed grief work. And then we've got like brief case studies of superheroes. So you've got like uh, Deadpool, uh, Superman, Magneto, Batman, Whoa. Wonder Woman, The Flash, Iron Man, and Chronic Grief, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame, uh, Cumulative and Collective Grief. I'm about to say, every single one of these characters have had some kind of major trauma as far yeah. as grief goes. <laughs> so then they go into like grief and culture, cultural influences in superhero universes, the tales of two funerals. <clears throat> funeral rites, rituals, and customs across superhero universes. Then we've got grief and family systems, which would be very interesting. Hero's response to homicide, uh, parents and caregivers, the everyday hero behind superheroes, and then challenges of bereavement and post-traumatic growth for superheroes. So this thing is like stacked. I mean, like I said, it's like a, a clinical resource but I mean, one of the reasons we love superheroes and, you know, why not use fiction to help in the real world? Right. It just reminded me of the, of our conversation with Jenkins. like let's take everyday struggles and magnify them in a creative story that's relatable and it touches people in different ways. So I just, and I don't can know. Can you give those of... out to patients? Can you give those out? What? Like the book. Um, no, I don't actually give out books to patients but oh. i was thinking about getting it but of course with it being a clinical book it's like 40 bucks so <laughs> yeah but it sounds quite interesting i always like i said i always like the uh professional and personal when those two things collide so i don't know i figured i'd probably give it a look and maybe bring up some interesting findings on future episodes if you guys are interested in that oh yeah that's cool Absolutely. So I've got news. Yeah, we do. Let me let me steal your thunder there, Mark. Uh, So I sent I saved this. I know we've been kind of throwing the date out tentatively on this podcast for a while, but Justice League Snyder Cut release date officially announced. This basically dropped like two hours after we wrapped our last episode. So I saved this uh, article from Screen Rant. So I'll go through this real quick. You cool with that, Mark? Go ahead. Zack Snyder officially announced a long-awaited release date for Justice League Snyder Cut, which premieres on HBO Max in March. Justice League Snyder Cut gets an official release date years after the release the Snyder Cut campaign launched in response to the way Justice League's theatrical cut turned out. Viewers are finally about to see Snyder's version of the DC team-up film. The Snyder Cut was formally announced in May, to answer your question from last episode, Rob. 2020 when it was confirmed it would premiere on hbo max blah 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 for a while the expectation was the snyder cut would come in early 2021 with snyder himself stating it would premiere in march even with the window narrowed down to a specific month the actual date was unknown but now it's been revealed when hbo max subscribers can see the snyder cut on twitter snyder shared a series of new justice league posters which are badass by the way if you haven't seen them which all which all confirm the snyder cut streaming date on march 18th 2021 this might have something to do with uh, the godzilla versus kong release date being pushed back Recently, the MonsterVerse crossover was slated to come out March 26th, but now is debuting on March 31st. That gives it some extra breathing room from the Snyder Cut, meaning HBO Max won't have two highly anticipated projects premiering in consecutive weeks. Justice League can have its well-deserved moment in the spotlight for a while longer before the focus shifts to 
Godzilla versus Kong. The additional the additional week also ensures HBO Max subscribers have more time to watch Justice League ahead of this movie. Snyder's version of the film run runs very long, clocking in at four hours. The release strategy has seemingly changed from the initial four episode miniseries. Yeah, I heard about this. To a it's single like Kevin Costner movie. <laughs> to a single feature film. But there are still people who may want to break it up over a period of time. Also interested in that now has two weeks prior to Godzilla vs. Kong. So there isn't much of a rush. So, so with if I'm understanding this correctly, is he doing a theatrical release? I don't know. I don't because I think this completely eliminates that. Like uh, who, let me who's see who's gonna it, go to the theater for four hours. Let me see if uh with a release date set, Justice League is poised to receive a considerable marketing push over the next month and a half, even as Warner Brothers entire twenty twenty one film slate releases on HBO Max this year. The Snyder Cut is still arguably the highest profile project coming to the streamer in 2021 and is expected to be a huge draw a new snyder cut trailer is currently being worked on so it'll be interesting to see what that entails it'll probably shed more light on the differences between snyder's version and the theatrical cut highlight cut storyline and character arcs for audiences so does not say if it's going to be released in theaters i know they had talked about that but i mean how much information has changed since you know it got announced. So now we I know wonder, we're getting a four hour movie. I wonder why this shift happened. Any theories? I don't know. No. I mean, uh, like, it's been a bit of a maligned movie ever since, you know, all the issues with Ray Fisher. You know what I'm saying? So there's been some sort of negative attachment to it. You know what I mean? Well, not maybe not, not necessarily negative. negative to Zach's version, but, you know, his right. dealings with Warner Brothers, because I know he was a huge fan of Zach's cut, obviously, because I think he's still supposed to be the heart of the movie. Um, right. But uh, to piggyback off that uh, real quick on this article, also key release dates suicide squad is august 6 21 the batman is slated for basically a year from now march 4th 2022 <laughs> dc super pups may 2022 the flash movie november 4th 2022 aquaman 2 december 16th 22 and shazam 2 june 2nd 23 so, so they are gonna do shazam 2 Apparently so. I don't know. That's I. Whew, I might have to break that up, bro. I I I mean, I kind of was thinking about what Doctor Doug said a few episodes back. Like Nate, he was wondering if they were going to release them on like a monthly basis just to draw in more people. And now I'm kind of wondering why they're not breaking it up into episodes to get get the tra- well, get the traction of like the first episode and be like, oh, dude, you gotta you gotta get more subscribers, more people want to see this, and then more people would sign up. Well, I guess what doesn't make sense to me is I w- I imagine HBO Max is HBO's attempt to realistically compete with the Netflixes of the world, right? Well, yeah. So why not follow a similar similar model, you know? Like I or just stick to your normal model, which is let's just do normal like 10 to 12 episode series. I'm not saying Snyder has to do that, but I'm just saying multiple episodes I think would give people the opportunity to maybe compare and contrast the theater version and I mean just 4 hours like Lord of the Rings ain't even that long. <laughs> extended edition all right so uh mark did you have other news because i have more comic book news to talk about but you can go ahead and share the movie morbius 
went has also been delayed from October 8th, 2021, and now to January 21st, 2022. Oh, so it's like a whole other year now? Yeah. Well, they got WandaVision. <laughs> I've got some Titans news. All right. I have two characters that are being added. I believe I stated a few podcasts a few episodes back that uh, the Scarecrow is going to be the big villain for okay. season three. And Do we have a release date for that yet? No. Okay. They cast Savannah Welch as Barbara Gordon. Savannah Welch? Yes. Who in real life is paralyzed. And they're also casting Tim Drake I did on Titans. I did see that one come down. The actor and his name is Jay Lycurgo. So he'll be he'll be playing Tim Drake. And then also um the guy who was playing Robin, Jason Todd, his character is gonna become Hood. Red Hood. That's a quick shift. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even get to die and come back. So I wonder how that's going to work out. Yeah. I know we talked about it before, but I'm I'm digging Starfire's costume. I think it's going to be badass. I don't know. I'm so is she paralyzed or did she lose a leg? I think she may have lost a leg. So she's going to be Barbara basically being Oracle. So she's not going to be Batgirl, obviously. She's playing. She's going to be the new police commissioner. Okay. All right. Oh, taking a little book out of the Lego Batman movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll take it. Looks good. All right. Yeah, she's an amp- she's an amputee. It looks like she lost a leg after an accident. Right. All right. So my other news. Let's shift it to Marvel again. So this is another article from Screen Rant. Uh, Marvel's Superman will replace the Avengers. So Marvel's Superman will take the role of Earth's greatest heroes hero as heroes reborn shows hyperion leading heroes in the world without the avengers warning spoilers for the upcoming heroes reborn arc below marvel comics is about to ask the question whatever happened to earth's mightiest heroes and a new announcement from the publisher's upcoming heroes reborn arc readers will be taken to a marvel universe where the avengers never formed leading to hyperion and the squadron supreme becoming the new heroes of Earth against all new threats. Earlier this year, Marvel teased a new Heroes Reborn arc coming to the pages of the Avengers. It was a surprise announcement considering the original arc with the same title from the mid-90s is considered one of the worst reboots ever. Do we all agree with that? Yes. <laughs> Despite having a huge impact on Marvel Comics and, and its futures, teases for the new arc showed a mashup of heroes and villains, including Doctor Doom becoming the Juggernaut, Wolverine becoming a part of an all-new Alpha Flight team, Thanos with vampire teeth and infinity rings, as well as the Fantastic Four without their powers. Now it's been revealed that the universe will exist without the Avengers and with a whole lot of changes to what readers are used to. Marvel dropped an all-new trailer for Heroes Reborn by Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis, my boy, which will spin out of the event of the current Enter the Phoenix arc. The trailer shows a world where Tony Stark never became Iron Man, Captain Marvel never got her powers, where Wakanda is dismissed as a myth, and Captain America was never found in the ice. Instead, the world is protected by Earth's mightiest heroes, the Squadron Supreme, not the Avengers, led by Marvel's Superman Hyperion. The only hero who's aware of the massive changes in the universe is Blade. Hyperion was created by Roy Thomas 
and was originally conceived as a parody of Superman. Hyperion, much of the same powers and a uh, similar backstory to DC's Man of Steel. He's often considered one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe. However, his desire for power and control has led him towards more of a villainous path. He's led the Squadron Supreme Team and the Squadron Sinister that consists of more on the of the DC heroes and the Justice League. Aaron said the story is going to be the wildest he's ever done. Maybe the wildest story I've ever put on paper. I got to cut loose on this and release my inner comic reared child in a really profound way. And together with a clad of Im immensely imaginative artists, we built a world that I'm pretty confident in saying is quite unlike any version of the Marvel Universe you've seen before. Aaron said of the latest Marvel saga in a press release, it grew out of the pages of my Avengers run, but kept getting bigger and bigger as it went. And the more pieces I put in place for this reborn world, the more gleeful and excited I became. This project really stoked the fires of my love for comics in all the right ways. Uh, it's fascinating to see Marvel explore an all new reality with Hyperion and the Squadron Supreme replacing the Avengers. Blade will need to figure out who can who he can trust in this all new world as he's sure to run into some very different heroes in this timeline. Marvel's Heroes Reborn is out in May. Damn. Sounds interesting. Sounds good. I, I, the only thing I don't like is Squadron Supreme sounds like a Taco Bell menu item. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> you say Supreme and it's, I can't help it. I don't know. I was tossing it. I, I sent it to uh, Ridgeway and I'm like, man, it sounds like Marvel's pulling some DC shit and like just, messing up their universe <laughs> like we all know how i feel about this uh future state with dc but uh, I... mark what are your thoughts i ain't gonna read it i'm not reading it um... <laughs> on that dust repellent paper i'm out it's just you know the, how i one of my favorite runs of the avengers is back in 97 98 when they did the heroes reborn and they rebooted the avengers so that was one of my favorite runs but to not include the Avengers, it's just kind of like, I don't know. And I'm not a fan of the Squadron Supreme. They're often, they've fought the Avengers numerous times over the years, and I'm just not feeling it. This almost feels like Ultraman on Earth 3 with the crime syndicate where the Justice League is evil. I don't know. I guess he's excited about it, but I don't know, man. I haven't read any more of the future states and stuff, but it's just, I, I kind of go back to my original feelings on uh, massive changes. Why can't they just do what Paul Jing had said and write really good stuff that people really want to read and really want to love? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think back about that conversation often and yeah, it's just, I want more heart and soul in some of the stuff I'm reading, you know? Yep. All right. So discussed this on the show before, but uh, ever since our uh, Rob and I's father has retired, uh, it's like his mission to go to the comic store and pull the comics because it's like his favorite thing to do as a retired guy. So I haven't seen him in a couple weeks to get my pull and uh, I go to get the comics today. And I'm flipping through all my comics, and uh, there's a particular book that is missing from my stack. The book that we're talking about tonight. So that I had to make that one. Yeah, so I had to make a mad dash to the ogre this afternoon. Saw Gib, and uh, he's working on a Sunday, and uh, I got the uh, the last copy. So I was kind of in a panic. Was it just a uh, oversight? Like it was not on the poll, or it was and it didn't get pulled? Uh, must have been a accidental oversight. So, what do you say we dig into this book, Mark? What are your over overall thoughts first? We'll start with you. 
It wasn't as good as the first issue. It was a quick read. It was a quick read. It was. I, I was a bit on the. I was, I'm on the fence about it. I'm still going to continue to to read it, and you know, I it, it was just on the fence for me. Why it wasn't that? as good? It was just you know, I, it's filling in the gaps. You know, I, I'm getting it and I'm reading it, but I feel like it's filling in the gaps a little too fast. I feel like it's too slow. <laughs> I think it's too fast and you think it's too slow. Like it's okay. So uh, how about the splash page of the phantom or the, fa- the phantom, the phantasm, your angel of death awaits like that. I want to, I want a poster of that. That is the shit. That's pretty sweet. I was pleased with the, uh, beware the gray ghost Easter egg. Oh yeah. yeah I saw that. Oh, I, like, I saw oh, that. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was cool. Give it a little bit of context. Go ahead and explain it, Rob. Well, for those of you that don't know, Rich's favorite episode of Batman the Animated Series was the Beware of the Grey Ghost featuring, of course, Batman himself, Adam West, as the voice of Simon Trent. And I believe we discussed that in like episode something less than 15. Um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i just thought that was uh, obviously they're definitely paying homage to the animated to the, series. to the animated series for sure for sure um i will say i'm just gonna um selena kyle looks good in those jeans young and she looks good in those jeans like 30 years later i mean <laughs> right i couldn't tell though in the picture where she where joker was just laying there in the toy shop or whatever sucking his candy cane did she have a blade in her hand? I don't think so. Like she looked like she was holding something. Like she was trying to, like I thought she had like a straight razor or something. Like I, it just looked like she was. No, holding she just something. she just holding her purse. Her purse. Okay, yeah, her purse. All right, and it just looked like she was holding something. I didn't know if she was about to throw a dagger at him or something. But she did throw something at him. She threw that uh, lion, the lion medallion that they found in the last episode. I will say, oh, I do see it now. Now that, you know, you, it's like her wallet. Yes. Is that what she's holding? Okay. Yeah. I do, like, I was confused. And maybe, Mark, you can help me with this. When Joker's on the roof of um, the police headquarters, what's with Catwoman's costume? Like, that was her newest version of, like her legs are exposed and she's got like a white trim. Yeah. It's like a gray. I think it's like a gray trim on the inside of it. That's more or less like the the current time. Is that what we're thinking? Like this would be like that. Cause I mean, we still have three or do we have two, three timelines or two timelines in this? Two. Two. So when they're on the roof, that's the past. And then when 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 Joker go gets goes to get her the ice, that's the future. Right. So there's only two timelines in this one. Well, no, isn't there three? Because the modern timeline, she's all in purple. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we got like two timelines, whereas like our modern like DC universe is more more or less that newer costume and they're dealing with the phantasm and then they're also reliving the past and then the future is obviously when Bruce has passed and selena goes to essentially hunt down old oh yeah there's a small pass there when they are i mean just look at the look at the picture when they find out scott huff the former joker handsman that's the past yeah well just look at the 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 page where joker fires the bang gun 
and the center panel is the three of them standing there and there she is with the goggle outfit with white and gray which i was like is that catwoman because i've never seen that costume before and then the last panel is she's not wearing the goggles she's in a vintage purple well when they're uh trying to solve the uh henchman getting murdered when batman's trying to crack the safe she's in her mm-hmm. black leather costume mm-hmm. but i think it is i think it's like three timelines that's just the thing man that's tom king he's he weaves these different things all together um sorry uh mark so your overall thoughts let's let's get back to i'm that. just on the fence, on the I'm fence. Just on why the are fence. you why are you on the fence it's just you know like the the first issue where we were all across those timelines i could deal with this one i there was a small insert of the past like i know which one was current and i know which one was the future is a small insert there of the past and it just wasn't as you know her at the end where she cut the joker's throat it's just i just thought it was okay i it didn't move me i guess maybe maybe i was so excited about the first one and it was good and you know i i guess we're kind of finding out what the fan we know what the phantasm is up to and what they're what she's doing but it's just i'm just it was just okay for me what uh remind me again is this a how many issues is this 12. Oh, okay. All right. So we got some time here. Rich, what did you think? I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum than you. I enjoyed it. I liked it. I thought it was pretty fast paced. I am really, really intrigued to find out more about the Phantasm storyline. Like I like the fact that it's almost like she's picking up where the animated movie ended back in 92, where she, now she's like, all right, fine. I'm going to start hunting down the Joker and I'm going to start hunting down his henchmen. And obviously we see the fast forward into the future where it's just Selena and the Joker. Obviously she doesn't succeed in this, but I just found it really profound that the phantasm is hunting down all these henchmen. I love the subway scene. Uh, There's like very little, there's almost next to no dialogue in that, but just the pictures alone, Clayman's artwork is stunning. I, I don't know, man, like this is like a big, so far i'm impressed as far as like the nostalgia he's hitting all the right buttons for me i love animated series um i obviously the gray ghost is a huge i I saw that and i was like i I know rob's gonna pick up on that um did you see where they i think they did a nod to the 66 batman where catman catwoman says that she's had henchmen a couple of times (laughs) yes they they all dressed as cats and And they they made too much noise i'm like that is totally 66 no, for sure. For sure. I don't know, man. It's it's it, I am pleasantly surprised and I hope it continues to go that direction. Um, hopefully the layers get appealed back to where we can see the story unfold cohesively and where it makes sense. That's where I'm kind of worried. Um, spoiler alerts. Mark already said it, but the ending to this issue, I was seriously. Wow. I was like, man, she pulled it off. She, well, and you know, it could be, and I, I don't know. I know you guys didn't read Tom King's Batman, but that whole speech of Joker telling, remember the time we were in the church and I was bleeding and I'm, I'm not going to take this opportunity to go over my feelings of Tom King's Batman run again, but there's just little things reading comics. I love it when you tie previous story arcs together and this was definitely tom king pulling uh his previous run he was basically paying homage to batman 49 bloody chat so 
Selena slashes him in the throat and Joker shoots her in the stomach in a church and they're bleeding out and they essentially have this long chat. So I love those little continuity story arc tie-ins together when they get referenced back. Those are big pluses for me. But for the most part, man, the phantasm part, just that splash page, which I alluded to, I was just, yes, your angel of death awaits. Mr. Bronski. I don't know. Um, I, 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 I think I'm going in it uh, in a, in a totally different mindset than you are, Mark. Like you were super excited and you feel a little bit let down and I'm like not excited at all. And I was, I was excited about it after reading it, I guess. Um, so anxious to see what continues to, to go. I, I'm not going to go into another long rant on Tom King, but I, I'm, I was, I, I liked this. I liked it. I mean, the, the, you know, so the cover from mine is done by Jim Lee. Is he doing all of them? I have the Clay Man cover. I have the Jim Lee cover. You know, it's just everything has to kind of be in sync for me. And I think I was so excited with the first one that I let the artwork kind of like go. But I, the artwork is also just okay. This is now, mind you, I'm just coming off the three Jokers when it was Jason Fabuck and his artwork, you know, and, and then I was coming off of Hush with Jim Lee. And so this artwork is just okay. Like they look too old for me. I don't know. It's just, it, I'm just okay with this. I will say the page, the panel where Batman's standing on the gargoyle and where he's asking Selena if she was there. That's my favorite page. Very Jim Lee-ish. And, like, she, right. li- and she lied to him. Right. That's my favorite page. I mean, That's it, why it, I think it looks very Jim Lee-ish. Right. I will tell you this. And I think I had to settle into this second issue here i was a little too distracted with the first one but i almost get the vibe like this is a quentin tarantino meets christopher nolan in i can i can i can see that yeah like it's constantly switching back and forth between you know storylines timelines interwoven together and i kind of like it i I sometimes I just need some really twisty, turny things from for being intentionally caught off guard. So I, I think I'm at first I was a little lost, but then I'm like, all right, let me let's strap in and lost is to be expected with this guy. Ride the roller coaster <laughs> like it's the world of tomorrow in Gotham City. So you know, so yeah, I I, I like it. I I'm. Uh, concerned that they jump the shark with the ending of issue two um but we'll see you never know yeah it could be joker number two out of three jokers <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke mark you didn't even laugh i'm no, sorry whatever <laughs> so again i you know it's just i'm a little thrown because it's, i'm so excited because i wanted this particular cover because i knew it was done by jim lee it's a really great cover Oh, I love how she's got the goggles around her neck. That's cool. Yeah. Wasn't he the creator of that costume, though, with yes. Hush? Yeah. I really, he should have just done the whole book. I don't know why he didn't. He should just do this whole, he should have done it. Tom King, the writing, you know, at least that would have been it, but it's just like they seem. Uh, Mark's got the Hush bug and he ain't letting it go. No, I'm really. Well, not. Clay Man's been, Clay Man was the artist on the majority of his Batman run. So they obviously jive. I'm going to keep reading it because it is good. It's just this issue is just okay for me. I'm going to keep reading it. I'm excited still, but I'm going to keep reading it. I would like to, uh, like at Comic-Con or something, see if you can get that Phantasm spread if it's on a poster or something. That'd be pretty sweet. Mark could get that framed and hang it in his kitchen. 
<laughs> I would. I would. Um, other books that continue to be good. Daredevil. Just read that on my stack. Uh, Daredevil 25. It, it's like a crossover of whatever Marvel was just doing with this uh, King in Black storyline. I think it was just another crossover throughout the whole universe. Um, I'm up to Rorschach number four. Uh, so I know, Rob, you read what? One and two? One and two. So I have to let you get caught up on that. Did I ever tell you guys what Becky got me for Christmas? What? I don't know. Oh, Batman Noel. Nice. Nice. I'll tell you what, it's better to read it in person than on than electronically. I think you did tell me you got that. I just uh, love that it reads like a like a kid's book. So Rorschach is it's so far it's okay. Um, it's another Tom King book, and I still have to get review the next Future State books that I'm reading. So I've got a few more stacks of books to go over, but. Uh, how many books did you get today? Uh, it was probably like 12. So I got more number ones of the future state books. I can't even remember all the titles and what, how different they are, but I got another month. The whole month of February is going to be before the regular titles come back. So got a little bit of, got a little bit of else world reading <laughs> so, downtime there. Yeah. All right. Any other news or anything else to, Discuss here, boys. I'm good. No, I'm rewatching uh, season one of Daredevil on Netflix. So good. I so damn good. I did that like nine months ago or six months ago. So good. Excellent show. Again, can't wait for this Friday, episode five of WandaVision. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. I'll have to catch up. All right. Who would win? Whose turn is it? I believe it's mine. I'm kind of upset because I still can't remember the great suggestion I had, but I just didn't speak into the space. But uh, I think I got a pretty good matchup for you all. All right. What you got? Uh, Iron Man. Okay. Versus Cyborg. Ooh. Let's set the stage here. I love when I look this up. It gives me the Iron Man triathlon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Iron Man. Character was co-created by writer and editor Stan Lee, developed with artist Larry Lieber, and designed by artist Don Heck and Jack Kirby. The character made its first appearance in Tales of Suspense number 39, cover date March 1963, and received his own title in Iron Man number 1 May 1968. Also in 1963, the character founded the Avengers alongside Thor, Ant-Man, Wasp, and the Hulk. A wealthy American business businessman, playboy, philanthropist, inventor, and genius scientist, Anthony Edward Tony Stark suffers a severe chest injury during a kidnapping when his captors attempt to force him to build a weapon of mass destruction. He instead creates a mechanized suit of armor to save his life and escape captivity. Later, Stark developed his suit, adding weapons and other technological devices he designed through his company, Stark Industries. He uses the suit and success successive versions to protect the world as Iron Man. Although at first concealing his true identity, Stark eventually publicly reveals himself to be Iron Man. So Team Affiliations Avengers, AI Army, Department of Defense, Force Works, New Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Illuminati, Mighty Avengers, Shield, Stark Industries, Stark Resilient, Thunderbolts, Partnerships, War Machine, Rescue, 
Ironheart, Spider-Man, Captain America. Abilities, genius, level, intellect, scientist and engineer, powered armor suit, superhuman strength, speed, durability, agility, reflexes and senses, supersonic flight, energy, repulsor, repulsor and missile projection, regenerative, re- <laughs> I cannot read tonight, regenerative life suspension support so there is iron man i was not aware that cyborg is really not that old do you want to know when he premiered mark do you any any guesses uh 1983 rich any guesses i'm gonna say early 80s this man presented himself in dc comics presents number 26 october 1980 Oh, you're just oh like, it's close. All right, Cyborg is a fictional superhero appearing in America's comic book published by DC Comics. The character was created by writer Marv Wolfman and artist George Perez and first appeared in what you just said, special insert in DC Comics Presents 26 October 1980. Originally known, originally known as a member of the Teen Titans, Cyborg was established as a founding member of the Justice League in DC's 2011 reboot of its comic book titles. Lee Thompson Young portrayed Cyborg in the television series Smallville. Ray Fisher portrayed the character in DC Extended Universe. Uh, full name, Victor Vic Stones, species human cyborg, place of origin, Detroit, Michigan, team affiliation, Teen Titans, Justice League, Star Labs, Doom Patrol, Justice League Odyssey, abilities, Genius level intellect, cybernetic enhancement grants him superhuman strength, speed, stamina, endurance, and durability, advanced sensory systems and scanners, inability weaponry, including sonic cannon, flight technopathy, self-regenerative system, data manipulation, and generations of he can generate boom tubes post-2011 relaunch. So, so Victor Stone is the son of Silas Stone. And Eleanor Stone, scientist who used him as a test subject for various intelligence enhancement projects. While these treatments are ultimately successful and Victor's IQ subsequently grows to genius level. There you have it, Cyborg. Match, set, go, Rob. So I think initially it's a pretty evenly drawn battle. Um, But I think eventually there's going to be some physical contact. And I think Cyborg is going to be able to um, uh, make connections with uh, Jarvis and override Jarvis and completely take over Tony Stark's suit. And pretty much he can't use it. I mean, you know, he can pretty much manipulate anything, any software, hardware. Uh, But I mean, fighting, I think they're evenly matched. I think it's just going to it's going to come down to like some sort of hand-to-hand combat and Cyborg's going to connect with Stark's suit and it's over. I don't know. That's my take. What do you guys think? I say Iron Man. I think he's older. I think he knows technology a little bit more. He's a, he's a genius. He invented, you know, that suit. I think he neologically smarter in that sense of it. I think Victor Stone alone, he himself doesn't have that. It's his cybernetic parts that give him that, that give him that information and that know-how. I think Tony Stark knows it. Um, Tony isn't Stark he always learning? Who? Doesn't he just have to hack into Stark's computer and then he knows everything Tony does? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, we're talking two genius level here. I think Tony Stark also has different armors mm-hmm. for different occasions. So I think he can probably make uh, equip something that is not, that's unhackable. But is that actually a thing? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, the uh, agreement run is over. 
on who would win. I think Cyborg would win um, because the bottom line is Tony Stark is a human in a robotic suit and Cyborg is a computer with he's not like a he's not Victor Stone trapped in a, a Cyborg suit like he is a computer, a living, breathing computer is because of that connection to the suit it is it does make him a genius i'm not saying they're they're we're not we're not going off of intellect here but the technology that exists in cyborg is straight up apocalypse technology not of earth i don't think tony stark can figure out the the technology it's almost like unhackable i'm kind of going on your wavelength rob where i feel like cyborg would hack into tony's tony's technology and totally screw it i think he would get cut off and ultimately he's an exposed vulnerable man not to say that he wouldn't have contingency plans with other suits and stuff that would be off network but ultimately i think we're talking about technology here and we're talking about a living breathing computer who's can wire and hack into anything and learn like on the fly. So I definitely think that if, if we're going hand to hand combat, yeah, Tony's got more experience and uh, with weaponry with Stark industries and stuff like that. So he may have some, I don't know, some back channel uh, secret, something set up to where if he's defeated and is cut off that something, not to say that some Stark industry missiles aren't going to be headed towards Victor stone and kill him. Adult missiles have guidance systems. Yes, they do. So, uh, I mean, we can even go to the point where they're having a hand-to-hand combat. We throw the computer, the technology out, but Cyborg opens a boom tube and sends Tony Stark to Apocalypse, and there's no way Tony Stark has taken down Darkseid. So, I mean, that's another possibility. Um, obviously, we already had our Darkseid versus Thanos, and Thanos couldn't even defeat Darkseid. So... <laughs> I don't know. It's a compelling <laughs> fight. I think. I, I think I, it's definitely. I, I. I don't know, man. Like I kind of. I kind of. I don't know if it's an evenly matched fight because I kind of look at our other who would win with Red Tornado and Vision. I think they're both. They were both androids. They both had. They're kind of like on the same level, I guess. But. I, I don't know. I, I still view Tony Stark as a, a man in a suit with the technology at his fingertips, but I also see Victor Stone as he's not taking the cyborg suit off. He is a, le- a living, breathing, you know, robot, per se. So, uh, my reluctantly, I think Tony Stark and Iron Man is a way cooler character than uh, Cyborg is. I agree 100%. Um, but as far as this matchup goes, I got to give it to Cyborg. I do have a question though, Miller, just like a if this was real type question. And I'm assuming that Stark has put like G suit calibrated stuff into his suit, but I just wonder how he just doesn't turn into Swiss cheese inside that metal suit. What do you mean? <laughs> like I was watching uh, Avengers the other day and when he got in that fight with Thor and how like Thor punches him and I'm like, how isn't like his brain scrambled because it smacks against the inside of his helmet? And I'm just like, how is he surviving that? But I'm again, I'm assuming like Stark has put in some like it wasn't in the script. <laughs> and I don't know, Mark. Maybe you know as a the our our resident Marvel guy. I don't know. Are there like uh, it's padding? Well, like padding <laughs> or like um, shock absorbers or something? You know what I mean? Shock absorption. Yeah. And padding. 
<laughs> He's got a cup. Yes. That's all that matters. Okay. And he can use the you can use the restroom in his suit. I don't well, I know. I remember that scene. I don't, so I'm sorry, just I'm I'm rambling. The cyborg point. so he doesn't so he doesn't have to uh defecate or urinate. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know what part of his body is mechanical. I I wasn't a big Titans fan growing up. <laughs> Oh, we will say that he is a Teen Titan. He's not a. Uh, I, I throw the old uh, 2011 reboot in the trash can. Like Cyborg is not in the JLA in my mind. He's Again, I think that's Titan. DC's attempt to have an Iron Man like character on their team. Mm. Just gotta say, that's my theory. That's a good theory. Because I mean, they they don't. So not even Steel. Oh, boo. That yeah no. All right. Well, <laughs> just asking. Good old John Henry Irons. I, I like Steel, though. I think Steel would get his ass kicked by Iron Man, personally. He got this hammer. I got these missiles. So so two votes for Cyborg, one vote for Iron Man. I mean, I'm sure this one would have some hefty debate on social media. And, you know. Please oh, write in and let us know, guys. Yeah, we'll have to put that on the Facebook page. Matter of fact, go ahead and do that now, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm just gonna put this out there i hate this page format of facebook this is awesome agreed create posts like ugh. all right listeners who would win all right fellas another great episode um until next time same bat time same bat channel uh, this is Rob. This is Mark. And this is Rich. Really appreciate you guys checking out the podcast. Uh, hit us up on Facebook at Heroes Home Base Podcast or send us an email at heroeshomebase at gmail.com. If you want some cool stickers, hit us up. We'll send them out to you free of charge. It would be awesome if you would shoot us some show mail, uh, ask us questions, or let us know who would win and send us a matchup. We really do appreciate you listening and uh, any kind of feedback would be really, really appreciated. And uh, we really do look forward to those emails. Again, hit subscribe, like, whatever, whatever platform you're listening to us on that uh, helps out a lot. So take care again. Thank you very much for the support. Thank you for listening to this RMR production. This is Rob, and we really appreciate, we do appreciate your time. Um, <laughs> it's fucking blow. We do. We really do. God. Your time, uh, we appreciate it. We really your time is it. valuable, and we know it was... <laughs> All right, let's Not start that over Wisely again. listening to this trash. All right. This is Rob. <laughs> Uh, we do know that you are busy. <laughs> Fucking shut up, Mark. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Mute your shit. I'm trying to correct this bus here. <laughs> this is Rob. 
No Look, shit. Look, guys, we know you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> Marty Stalford. Oh, God.